The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi there, I'm Rebecca Lowe. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Guys, a Man City win was expected, but seven is a number we just don't see very often. How do you explain a seven to nothing blowout? Well, I'll explain it with a team that's in superb form at the moment with players, um, so many different players scoring goals. I explain it with a return to top form of Kevin De Bruyne, Paul that's been out suffering from the effects of COVID mm-hmm. for a little while now. He looks fit, healthy, strong, scoring a couple of goals. And I explain it with a pretty meek, embarrassing attempt from Leeds United to try and stop some of those players. Now, this is the same team, well, very cl- well it was the same team that, that did really well against uh, Chelsea at the weekend, but I would no match for any of the individuals of City. So when, when you're man-to-man, when they're not doing their job, it all falls apart. And I think there's something that we, we've seen hints of before with this Leeds mm-hmm. team, but today was the, the whole nightmare for them. Uh, nothing worked for them when they were just swept aside. Based off of that that match that you, you just referenced only four days ago, 3-2 against Chelsea. I mean, mm. not only did they almost win, they, they really were so close to getting a point. Based off of what just happened over the weekend, there was really no sign of this kind of performance. Coming. No, there wasn't. And what I would say is that I thought Leeds, in Manchester City, they were on another level. They were absolutely incredible. And I think there's probably three or four leagues now within the Premier League. But what I would say that Leeds created their... Well, they were not necessarily masters of, the, of their own downfall, but they had a huge part to play in it. The amount of times they tried to play out from the back, and that's where they really miss Patrick Bamford. He's a great player that if you want to go over the press, you can do it. He's a willing runner. Leeds United at times had all their own plays in their own half and had to try and play out, and something that Manchester City don't get enough credit for is they're pressing off the ball. They were absolutely incredible, and they made Leeds United make mistakes in their own half, which led to opportunities and which led to goals as well. It was easy to get caught up in watching goal after goal after goal. You kind of forget about the defense, and this is the only team in the Premier League, when you look at the conceded goals, it's still in single digits. Everybody else, all the other teams are up in double figures. Mm. Well, we see it. They don't have to defend. They defend with the ball. And they defend by having the ball in their opponent's half of the field. So Edison gets a few kicks of the ball. When it comes to him, he enjoys it because he doesn't see the ball very often. So it's it's not that they are brilliant defensive players, Paul. Obviously, it's because they dominate the ball so much and they've got players in spots that when it does turn over, they win it right back again. So the defending players, I mean, it's easy for them. They can sit back there and like watch the midfield players they and forward, win the ball. But they weren't threatened yeah. much. They, they never tested or stretched because of their football is so great and it's so accurate. And when, when the football's like that for them, it's, it, it, they keep tons of clean sheets. It's just when their football isn't as accurate and they give the ball away and there's turnovers and transitions, that's when they look stretched and can see goals. But at the moment, because their passing is so accurate and everybody's on such great form... They don't have to defend. And, and the problem that you have as an opposition team is that because you're spending so much time chasing the ball, A, when you win the ball back, you've got no energy to then go forward. And Manchester City, when they're dominating the ball, they're also having a breather at times. So when they do lo- lose the ball, their, en- their energetic style and to go and win the ball back is just immediate. And opposition teams, they just can't get out. And that's what happens. That's why, as, as Robbie's quite rightly saying, Manchester City don't have to defend that much because they are so high up the pitch. They defend from the front and the centre-backs at times. The biggest concern whether they've got is, can I get on the score sheet like John Stones did today? <laughs> they didn't have too many concerns today. Mm-hmm. Robbie made mention a moment ago of Kevin De Bruyne being back and playing well. He had a terrific goal in the second half. One of the many stars for Man City here this afternoon or this evening, if you are watching uh, over there. Either way, here's his reaction to that 7 nothing win. Um, Kevin, I guess you've waited a while and that was a kind of perfect game to come back and start it. 
Yeah, obviously, there's been a, a lot happening this year, but a little bit out of my control. So uh, the only thing I can do is try to work hard and come come back as quick as possible. You know, it's unfortunate with everything that happened. And at the time, I was coming back in a good rhythm. I, took, I got COVID, so it, it happened. And uh, yeah, now we're, we're working hard to, to come back in a good level. Yeah, and you showed that tonight, didn't you? Yeah, but I think we played incredible well, uh, especially... Uh, the way they press, I think we, we found the, the right time to to attack them. And obviously when it's 3-4-0 up, it, it gets tougher for them. And they, they try to keep it a little bit more tight in the second half. But I think we had enough chances to score a lot more. Yeah, you obviously got two yourself. Could have had a, one or two more. You were definitely <laughs> aiming for the, for the top corner towards the end. I was trying. It was the last minute, obviously. So... Um, well, I think it's good for everybody. You know, a lot of people who maybe didn't play a lot played today, chipped in. So I think for, for the whole team, it's, it's a booster. And in fact, at times you looked against a team that works very hard, like you had maybe an extra player, maybe two at times. Yeah, because I think we, we found the right time. You know, I think we, we were very patient in the beginning and then uh, the, the right times we, we found the gaps to go forward and then we, we, we punished them and... Um, you know, then it, it makes uh, makes the game incredible tough for them afterwards. Helps the goal difference, doesn't it? A big win. It takes you very close to, to Liverpool's. Yeah, but I think now for the moment we just have to maintain the, the good level and try to win game by game. Obviously it helps, but that is something that can help in the end of the year. At the moment it's not something that we, we should think about. No, but I guess you've had a little chance to watch from the outside, watch the team play and also the, the rivals play. It looks like a... A good race this year. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a competition. But uh, even outside the, the top three, it's it's very hard to win every game. And you 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 saw a lot of games like Wolves, West Ham, where you win with one goal difference, and uh, it's still going to be be a hell of a race this year. And uh, but we we we're trying to be, to be there, so that's what the only thing we can do. Um, Pep, so seven wins with a seven 0 win, it's pretty perfect. Yeah, congratulations to the to the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good performance for us. It really was from the start. You thought you might suffer tonight. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't allow yourselves to suffer. No, we did uh, a good performance. Uh, the vibes of the stadium was nice today. It was sold out, and they support us incredible well. And we started in good in good rhythm. And our centre defenders and and Jorn Rodri made a good uh, build up and. And we were patient with with the ball, and then yeah, the quality of the players did the rest. Yeah, Leeds, as you know, can cause problems, but they couldn't even get started. Yeah, tonight. we lost we lost five points uh, last season, and then uh, when we play in Leeds, uh, part of the game, especially the last 50, 20 minutes for half and thirty minutes second half, they were better than us. And here, even playing with ten against eleven, we were not able to beat them. And uh, we tried to prepare well the game, and the players maybe they felt that uh, uh, it's more serious team than the people can think about it. And because I know exactly which manager conduct this team, and the, the the pride that they have every single game with every single ball. So we saw the game last night against against Chelsea. Like they deserve to to take at least one point and the way they fought and they're late maybe they were a little bit tired after one two for the fact that they played just two days ago but uh, that, that's why i give credit to the victory because uh, I th- i'm pretty sure every opponent knows what does it means to play against leeds and uh, and yeah just now rest and prepare newcastle next sunday it seems from the outside that so many of your individual players are somewhere near their their best level do you agree? Uh, but yeah, that, that's for sure. So when you get these results, it's because individually they are they are brilliant. So the idea always is there in different ways. So every manager, the team has his own idea, and if it works, it's because individually the players take part of that. So at the end, <laughs> I didn't score one goal. <laughs> the, my staff didn't score one goal. It depends on the quality of the players. Always have been like this. So of no, course, but normally no you watch and you think. Maybe four or five players are at their, their peak at, at one time. But at the moment, it seems like many of your players. Yeah, I think Jack started really well the first 50, 20 minutes. Later, they struggled a little bit to, to, to keep the ball for his mates. And Kevin, in this type of games, when we're open, up and down, Kevin is 
devastated, so he can do whatever he wants. But in general, in general, the team, uh, I would say thank you to John Stones playing the position, and normally it's not his position, but how commitment he was there and how good he played. So, yeah, in general, all of us, they were in, uh, in, a, in a, good, a good level. Helps your goal difference in a very tight race at the top, even at this early stage. I cannot deny it. So yeah, uh, our our goals concede is amazing uh, for the fact that playing at 40 meters or 50 meters our box. So prove that you don't have to defend so deep, so deep to prove you can defend well. But of course, this team is created and this club build or buy players to to be creative players. You know, to my job is let, just ask them run, <laughs> but the rest. The quality of the club to buy these players make the difference, and and um, and of course we had we didn't score much goals this season, uh, but uh, today was a good a good yeah run to to be close to Liverpool and Chelsea. Who needs a striker? Huh? When are you going to lose? You always ask me what is a striker. I promise you, Max. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, you don't, you are not going to convince me. When I'm going to lose a game, you're going to say yes. It's because they don't have a striker. I know the theory quite well. So we have strikers, but sometimes we play because I could say Phil is a guy who scored a lot of goals. So, but is the is the way that you know we we try to to play? This is the the reason why today we we did a good performance. Um, Marcelo, a, a difficult night. Marcelo, una noche difícil. Exactamente. Exactly. Can you explain why it was so difficult? Sí, puede explicar por qué fue tan difícil. Bueno, no, no, no hay nada positivo de nuestra actuación que rescatar. There's nothing positive to take away from our performance. Eh, no, no encuentro. Eh, algo que, que pueda ser valorado I can't find anything that can be valued por lo cual eh, como es natural en estos casos as a, as a result, as is natural in these cases cuando no hay nada que esté bien hecho when there's nothing that's well done eh, no son las individualidades las que fallan it's not the individualities that fail eh, sino el la conducción, la organización colectiva. But the conduction, the organization. Eh, no hay ninguna justificación que yo pueda ofrecer. There's no justification I can offer. El partido fue exactamente como habíamos pensado que iba a ser. The game was exactly how we thought it was going to be. Nos preparamos para evitar todo lo que sucedió. We prepared ourselves to avoid everything that happened. Eh, no logramos nada de lo que era necesario para que la superioridad no fuera tan manifiesta. And we didn't manage to get anything so that the superiority wouldn't be so noticeable. You're a team that likes to play from the back, but against a team like City, maybe tonight that was that was too much to ask. Que somos un equipo que nos gusta jugar desde atrás, que quizás jugar desde atrás era pedir mucho hoy contra el City. Bueno, es lo que intentamos todo el partido. It's what we tried the whole game. Y seguramente eh, eh, si Surely, if we had done the opposite, estaríamos eh, lamentando eh, no haber eh, intentado nada que le quitara eh, posesión al rival. We would be lamenting for not having attempted uh, anything to take away the possession from the y, opponent. Y lo que intentamos eh, generó peligro para nuestro propio arco. But what we attempted uh, generated danger in our own goal. Eh, cualquiera, eh, no hicimos nada bien. We didn't do anything well. Y eso se quedó evidenciado en el marcador. And that was evident in the scoreline. Y le insisto que todo lo que sucedió era lo que sabíamos que teníamos que evitar y lo que teníamos que superar. And I insist everything that happened was what we wanted to avoid and what we want, needed to overcome. Y como no hay ninguna, eh, nada que rescatar, and as, 
and ni en lo to, individual ni en lo colectivo es inevitable que yo diga que, que tengo que ser asumir la responsabilidad de una derrota de este tipo So for you and, and your team, Marcelo, is it just one bad night or is there something, is there a deeper problem at the moment? No, nunca habíamos tenido una actuación como la de hoy. We've never had a performance like the one today. Thank you very much. Seven to nil win today, guys. I mean, kind of an aberration, but also an example, an extreme example of how much difference there is between those top three teams and some of the teams more toward the bottom. Uh, when, when you look forward to the rest of the season and you kind of compare Man City to Liverpool and Chelsea, mm. what do you see there in that comparison? Well, it's really interesting, isn't it? I mean, particularly what we've just seen today as Leeds did pretty well against Chelsea and did terribly against Manchester City. Now, Pep might be right there. They might be a little bit tired. It was the same team. Pep made four changes. Uh, he has that advantage. He's got a tremendous squad that can come in and out and no difference in performance. I, you know, the bookmakers probably have Man City as favourites and I understand why. Chelsea, that I think we both tipped to yeah. win it, have had a little bit of a wobble recently and maybe Man City will go on to have a wobble in the second half of the season. They didn't last year. They had a brilliant second half of the season. Um, I, I, whether Chelsea are quite, are quite ready and have figured enough out to win it, I don't know. Maybe I'm having doubts now about that, mm -hmm. given Kai Havertz still hasn't a regular scorer. Tim Averna looks a little bit better recently. Pulisic hasn't been that involved. Lukaku's been out injured. If, he could, if Thomas Tuchel can, can reconfigure that front three and get a consistent performance level from them that's a lot higher than it has been, they'll still be in it. And Liverpool, I think, Danny, we just worry about the African Cup of Nations yeah. and their star players in Sadio Mane and, and Mo Salah are likely to be away for at least two games, depending on how their nations do in the tournament. I mean, they're important players to miss. So I, I think City will feel in a pretty good position that they can win the title. Yeah, I, I agree with Robbie. I, I was the, one of the first ones to say Chelsea in the summer when I saw the squad and what Tuchel did last season. My concern with Chelsea now at the moment is that he doesn't know what to do with certain players. Lukaku being one of them, just coming back from injury, the fact of, you know, he's played with a false number nine, had success, but you've got this star player. And I don't think he knows what his best team is. Whereas I look at Manchester City and it's with Guardiola because he, the club now is ingrained with how he plays the game. The players there are ingrained with how he plays the game. You can so put players... It's just funny thinking about a best team. I don't think City have a best team. No, they have it... one. Like, like, he's got loads of best teams. There isn't one team that's like, this is the best team has to play. There's just not. As, as in terms of, if Tuchel said, right, OK, I'm going to play one team this game and then I'm going to play another three players or bring four players in, you know, make those changes. I don't quite think that Some of the players that could come in for Chelsea know what's expected of them. You know with Guardiola, these players have been, they've really been drilled as in terms of this is what's expected of you when you get on, your, on the pitch. And I think Chelsea have 11 players that know that, but when they need to bring other players in, I think it's difficult. As you said about Liverpool, Salah and, and Mane potentially missing games, but they're just incredible. And what I like about Liverpool this season starting to get a few more goals from midfield because there was a huge reliance higher up the pitch. Just one season. more thing on Man City, like there was a striker issue that Pep just talked about in his interview there. I mean, no issue, is there? No issue right now. The midfield players are all scoring goals. And also, by the way, an important little goal for Jack Grealish today. Important mm -hmm. goal. His second Premier League goal of the season, but a player that, that really needed that in this game today. A highly entertaining game. Mm -hmm. Arsenal with more of the chances in the first half. We'll get into the yellows and yeah. the red card ultimately. But for Arsenal, this has got to be a step in the right direction if you're Mikel Arteta. I think it's a huge step. He's got, he's got a nucleus of young players that the sky's the limit. And we've obviously spoken about the Aubameyang situation. I think that can give growth to some of the younger players as well to see how that's been played out. Sometimes senior players can stop younger players coming out of the shell. Mm. But I also think it's, it's a moment of growth for Arteta as well. I think he's learned on the job and I think this has been an experience for him where he'll look back at it long term and be like, it's one of the best things that happened during my management career mm. because I had to make mm. a stand and he's done that. Are they a better team without Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, at least right now? Right now, they're, and you make an interesting point. I think sometimes, you know, the, these, are, these are some good kids at, at Arsenal. Mm. They, they, mm -hmm. Saka and Smith, Romarna, they seem to do and say the right things. And if they're told that your leader is Aubameyang, they're going to fall into line. And that might not be being led in the right way. And so now that he's not there, I think you see a little bit of that expression of the, uh, these younger players starting to flex their muscles and feel like, hey, we can take over now. You know, and, and I like it because... 
Adu and Mikel Arteta have said, look, we're going with youth. We're going to trust in, this, in the system, trust in the process. We're going to bring in young players, and they're going to, they're going to have their ups and downs. But we're going to stick with them. And you're seeing now some of that come out. I don't want to get overly carried away mm-hmm. with this Arsenal team. But there are comparisons to a certain extent when you look at the great era for Manchester United. Beckham's, the Butts, the Scholes, the Neville's coming through. The difference there between that Manchester United team and this Arsenal team, that Manchester United team was absolutely loaded with captains Mm. that would help the younger players. And that's all these younger players need because Mm. they have everything. They have all the tools. If I'm an Arsenal fan at the moment, I'm excited. I'm excited about the prospects of this team growing and maturing together. An opportunity perhaps for some of these younger players to take on more of a leadership role, and that's something we could see here over the next few weeks. So they they deserve to win this game. They look like the better team for most of it. However, West Ham and their supporters are going to feel like they were done wrong by the official in this game. So let's Mm -hmm. take a look at the two yellow cards here to Sioux Fall because, Tim, uh, in the studio here, it seemed like both of them were questionable. Yeah, and I don't agree with it. Danny, I know you certainly don't agree with this. As the ball gets shifted across from Tierney, Sufal puts his arm across his chest. Initially, there's no argument here. He puts his arm straight across his chest there, and then it rides up to his chin. But it doesn't – whatever he's feeling there, clutching his face, it wasn't that. And so I can understand how they feel aggrieved. And so that was the first yellow. Here's the second. Yeah, in terms of this, I've spoken to a referee before, and he said that you want the punishment to fit the crime. That's not what happens here. So the first argument is, yes, Anthony Taylor gives the penalty. And then you think to yourself, right, everybody knows you can win the ball, but still give a foul away because it's a dangerous challenge. It then goes to VAR. I don't see in any point how this is a high challenge, how it's a dangerous challenge. He wins the ball. So what you find yourself with, and you keep seeing it, he wins the ball. And I don't think it's a, 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 a high challenge. I don't think he's out of control. So what you find yourself with in this position is a situation where... Not only has a penalty been given, but you've also down to 10 men. So ordinarily, you look at it and you go, Anthony Taylor, mm, he's got the call wrong. Mm-hmm. Go to VAR, Peter Banks, it's not a clear and obvious error. How is that not a clear and obvious error? Because A, it's not a penalty, he wins the ball, and it's not a sending off. So I'm all for VAR, but it has to rectify things, and that's not a penalty. I mean, they did look at it. What mm-hmm. could they have seen there, and what could be their argument? That's the problem where I think the systems fail, because, I, I, Danny, I agree with you. Peter Banks in VAR looked at it. Anthony mm-hmm. Taylor is taking his inform- – what he sees on the field also is information in his ear. It's not even had to go over to the monitor and yeah. look. We, uh, we certainly agree that it wasn't terribly dangerous. Maybe – he thought it was high, but it's still shin on shin. It's not like it's a stud. He wins the ball first. For me, I think the first yellow card wasn't, and I certainly don't think the second one was. Yeah, it didn't result in a goal. Fabianski with a great save on Lacazette, but uh, it was enough to keep Arsenal ahead in this one. They did have the one-goal lead prior to all that happening. Gabriel Martinelli, the 20-year-old, his second Premier League goal of this season, talking after the game. Gabriel, does that feel like a vital win against close rivals? Oh, it was a very good game. Uh, we needed that win. Uh, it was so important for the team. Uh, we know the the potential that we have. Uh, we are a young team, but it was a, a great victory. And yeah, I'm so happy. Could you feel the, the energy in the stadium? Because people are seeing this as a statement now. You're pushing back into the top four. Uh, we like to, to see the... The, the people like that uh, cheer on us and help, happy with our performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bit of needle in the game, which we like. This is London derby. You expect that, don't we? Yeah, yeah. We, we knew that it was going to be a, a very, hard, very difficult game. But as I said, we have a very good group, we have a very good, very good players, and yeah, we won the game, and we are so happy. You're piling on the pressure in the first half, just couldn't get it over the line. But straight after half time, you make the breakthrough. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they were defending well, and yeah, we were waiting for for the moment. And thank you, Laka, for the for the assist. Yeah, we, we could see the intensity from the team and the manager. He doesn't let you have cramp either. He sends you back out there. <laughs> yeah, he? come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, but but this is a team, and I want to play every time. And yeah, I'm so happy as I said. And there's been a sort of circus around the captaincy this week, but it seemed to there's no distraction from the dressing room, was there? No, no, we are a team and we are together, and it's up to to Mika and to the whole team to to decide who is going to be the the captain. Well done. Thank you. 
Mikael, was that the kind of display you wanted? Pressing, intensity, clean sheet, and obviously the win? Absolutely. I'm really, really pleased with the performance, the, the quality, the energy, the passion that the team uh, was able to transmit, how we engage again with the crowd. Um, we have some really good moments. Uh, it's a really difficult team to play against. They have a lot of solutions. They are a threat in many, many ways, and uh, I think we control them pretty well. So, um, great to the boys. Yeah, dominated the first half, just couldn't get past the line, but of course Martinelli just delivers straight after the break. Yes, it was a great goal, the first one. Um, that's what Gabi can do, and he's always a threat. And, and in behind, and with sense, the defenders are willing to, to come to engage again. And these spaces are really good for him to exploit. The second one, it was on the counter. It's a shame that we missed a penalty on that moment because uh, that would have given us a little bit more uh, time to relax. But uh, because against this team, you cannot relax. They have the capacity in any action to score a goal. And your team can't relax either because I saw Martinelli hobbling around with cramp. You weren't having any of it. No. <laughs> so um, because no, you had to cramp and go. You are off or you are in. But uh, no treatment uh, in that moment. We need to stay on the game and, uh, and stay focused to winning. You've come a long way up the table, haven't you? You think back to the start of the season. Now you're in the top four for the first time in 14 months. This is an important step, isn't it, for the club, for the yeah. belief of the fans and for the squad? It was a big game for us, obviously. Um, having the capacity today to go above them and, and go forth, it was um, a statement. And we've been pretty strong at home and we need to put another big performance against a really difficult team. And, and I think we've done it. There's been the sideshow of the captaincy. It didn't distract anyone tonight, did it? No, they were full of focus um, and they wanted to show how strong we are as a team and uh, the performance and the attitude and the commitment that they showed today is exactly why we asked them, not by myself, but as a club. You were captain yourself at Arsenal for two years. So what do you expect from this role? We have a leadership group. I expect them, but I expect that from every player to stick to our values and... Um, and do what they have to do. And then they have a group that they have to enjoy themselves and live in that room because enjoyment is a big part of that. And, and, and they play with the passion. And, and that's it. Nothing and, else. and we saw that. But is there work to be done between you and Aubameyang to, to re-establish a, a relationship? Or is he, does he have to do that We will you? talk about that another day. So I want to focus on the game. Mm, okay. Understand. So is he? But one more question, because he didn't answer. You can try. <laughs> you didn't have to answer it beforehand. Is he eligible for selection for the next game? Please? He wasn't eligible for this game. That's it. And this game is gone now. So you can't tell me about next week yet. We will discuss that in the near future. Have you ever decided that you could be a really good batsman for the England cricket team? Because you could no, because I, no, back. because I don't know a lot about cricket, <laughs> so I'm sure that I will be terrible at it. Good okay, you. thank you. <laughs> Arsenal wins the London Derby today, 2-0 over West Ham. Martinelli, the 20-year-old, with his seventh career Premier League goal. Not too bad for the youngster. The assist came from Lacazette, his first of the season, for the interim captain for Arsenal. On the other side, the captain, Declan Rice, of the losing West Ham side. Declan, how do you sum that one up? I mean, I, I don't know where to start with this, really. Is it the performance or the... the moment you went down to 10 men yeah um, not good enough tonight nowhere near good enough nowhere near at the level that's required to be a top four team um, you know you can't come to a place like Arsenal and let them impose the game on you like we did tonight um, which made bad decisions across the pitch really giving the ball away cheaply taking too many touches not putting the ball in the box soft um, not making tactical fouls just yeah all round just a, a night off it you would have thought at half-time you've, you've survived, the, the, you've absorbed some of that attacking yeah, yeah. and then changed the script after the break, but that just didn't happen. Yeah, definitely. I think you know, we had a little spell in the first half where we was getting in down the sides of them and you know, we saw what we've been lacking recently is you know, putting cross in the box and then actually putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, and again tonight it showed, you know, second half they scored you know, a great goal from Martinelli and of Smith Rowe and obviously we didn't have the cutting edge to, to score or bring one back. What did you make of the, the second yellow card, the dismissal? Well, I've not seen it back yet. Um, I don't know, it seemed like the referee was against us all night, to be honest with you. Um, too many fouls given for them and for us, pretty much the same situations with elbows and tackles that we didn't get. So I can't say too much, but yeah, very frustrating. So you've got to pick yourselves up now and it's a real scrap for that top four, isn't it? Yeah, it's always tough, really tough. Um, you know, we obviously got Norwich on the weekend. We're not going to overlook them at all because they do play some lovely football um, and they are a threat as well. Um, we're obviously back at our stadium and we need to turn things around and, and be positive and then try and go and get the three points. Thanks very much, Dick. Thank you. Thank you.
So if you're a West Ham supporter, you're not feeling great about the result today, but do you have something that Arsenal do not have in what we just saw right there, a strong captain, a leader in Declan Rice? Very strong leader. Uh, he's young as well. Those are strong words. Strong assessment. I would bet he said the exact same things that he said to us just there. He'd have said it to his teammates in the dressing room, and he wouldn't have been afraid of that. What do you think? I, I think he's, he pulled no punches, didn't make any excuses, didn't look at the injury list that they've got, didn't, you know, said he hasn't seen the penalty um, again. But we know Declan Rice, we know what he's all about. You know, he's followed on from, from Noblers in terms of captain. He will have learned a lot from him. And he is one of the best central midfielders in the Premier League at, I think, 22 years of age. So, you know, he's come out, he spoke his mind, he's earned his right to speak his mind. And as Tim's just said, he will no doubt have said the same thing in the dressing room to his teammates. How do they bounce back from this, you think? They always find a way. We're talking about West Ham challenging for the top four. Now, I'm not being disrespectful to West Ham. You know, when you look at the other teams that should be ahead of them, as in terms of the money that's been spent, the wages and things like that, they're, they're going incredibly, again, Europa League through to the next stages comfortably. So they're in a really good place. And one of the things that West Ham always do, they always bounce back. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear what David Moyes has to say about the officiating in this when you heard Declan, very strong words for his own teammates, but also for the officials, didn't feel like they were totally on the West Ham side. So here's David Moyes after the game. Well, David, I imagine you have a few frustrations from tonight. Where, where do they rank? Uh, more disappointing with, with how we performed because uh, I think we can play much better. So we, you know, that's probably the biggest frustrations more than than any decisions or anything else that went on. We have to we have to play better than we did do. Uh, but you know, we were we'd hung in in the game and we gave away a really poor second goal, which I'm probably probably more disappointed with that because even with ten men, we were we were staying in it. We were always giving ourselves a chance of getting something out of the game. Did you pay the price a bit for a slow start? Actually, both teams seemed to start quite slowly. Yeah, we did, but uh, no, Arsenal were in a good good place at the moment, and Arsenal have been playing very well. And in the main, they've got a fully fit squad. We're we're a little bit under undercooked at the moment. You know, we've been a little bit short up front and obviously we're a few bit short of defenders just now. So, but that wasn't the reason for, for our performance because we expect everybody to play well. No, Arsenal started, I think they showed more intensity, pressed us hard. We weren't quite able to deal with, uh, with the pressure. You've alluded to it already on, on the big decision at 1-0, the penalty and red card. What, what's your view on it? Well, as I said, I was more disappointed in, in how it came around. We missed a header and get into a mess the back four but uh, I actually think the Vladimir gave the referee a decision to make I thought it was quite an easy tackle to toe-poke the ball away or get your foot to the ball and, and knock it out or have a really good block to the ball but I think because he only connects with the top sort of top part of the ball which means that his boot continues on I think that's what's given Anthony Taylor a decision to make You had to reshuffle with, with Mikhail would you have made changes earlier if you could are you hitting a stage now where you, you want to make changes for giving people a bit of a rest and you can't Yeah we're a wee bit like that you know we're, we're, we're looking around and we're just saying what can, what can we do to try and freshen up but as you can see we're really short of defenders at the moment and uh, that's probably one of the areas we're, we're short. We've got some players we'll, we'll give some time to who in the forward areas in games to come. So, uh, but we need, we know we're looking, when you come to these games, you're looking for your players who've been in form and who've done well for you and you're hoping that they're going to, they're going to give you a good level of performance. In theory, you've got a, a big game, a springboard to get back at the weekend, but is that going to happen? Are we a little bit in the dark at the moment with things like that? Well, we know nothing. Well, I know nothing about it, and certainly only the information before the game, uh, which I'm sure everybody else got. So I've, I've no idea really. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. Let's discuss the game that we saw at Stamford Bridge. It was an opportunity to see the depth of Chelsea with Lukaku, Werner, and Hudson Odoi all testing positive for COVID, not available for this match. So, what did you see from that depth? Well, uh, a lot of the same players, a lot of similar players. They like different profiles in terms of getting underneath, and it's nice football. They kind of lulled themselves to sleep with this. They had a lot of possession, 80% possession. They never really played quick enough. They missed Romelu Lukaku in terms of when the ball turns over, uh, just a force, someone who's willing to run in behind, pin the center half, get the team up the pitch, and then it opens up pockets. It was too safe. Actually, Everton enjoyed it. Ball turned over, they got they got 11 men behind the ball, bottom of the circle. They dropped off, and they enjoyed They kind of really played right into Everton's hands. I think they did. I think if, if I look at Chelsea's performance today, I think it was predictable. Mm. I think it was regimented. 
I think every time they got the ball, they wanted to drift inside. As Tim's saying, you've got so many players that are so similar. They want to take up the same spaces. You know, from Rafa Benitez's point of view, wonderful point. The young players came and mm. did a great job of 5-4-1. But what I would say is that from, from Chelsea's side, I think if this was Manchester City playing against this Everton team, and let's not forget Chelsea are in, a, in the title race with Manchester City, Manchester City would have found a way. They would have had the ability to change during the game, whereas Chelsea just carried on regardless. Let's give credit to Everton here picking up a point. The 19-year-old Jared Branthwaite, mm. what do you think of him? Well, massive credit to Everton, to the youngsters. Yes. You know, for Rafa Benitez, trusting in him, he, he was forced to. But Branthwaite was really good defensively. He ends up getting a goal. I thought Dobbins came on. He changed mm. the game for them a little bit, pushing up. And in very limited action, they didn't get a, a lot of the ball. I thought Gordon was really, really, really good on that left-hand side. Who knows? Maybe this takes the heat off of Rafa Benitez. Mm. Maybe a little bit. Let's hear from the manager after this one. Rafa ended in a one-all draw to that. Was that a game plan that went to plan tonight? No, the game plan is always there, but it depends on the players. I think today we could see again. So players, fans all together, the team spirit, the spirit of the Blues, as they say. So everything with so many issues, so many problems that we have with the players, senior players not available. We have Alan and Coleman on the bench that they had some little things. So we needed... Spirit, we needed the commitment, we needed the intensity, and we have everything against a good team that they have some chances, but they're still in the counter attack. We have our chances, so really pleased because it's a, it's a great point in the way that we won the, the point. How pleased are you for Jared getting his first Premier League goal tonight? Not just for him, for everyone. So, we were with the set pieces, we were practicing, and he did uh, really well. And uh, the rest of the team, so you have a lot of uh, senior players, some of them not playing. John Joe Kenny working so hard, but everyone that was there, the young players, everybody was giving everything. Then we have done this in a lot of games, and sometimes we were not lucky today, so we deserve a little bit more. And then more, I say, in uh, thinking about the other games, no. So I think that uh, against a good team, uh, we did what we have to do. I guess opportunities present themselves to other players in various ways due to injuries and illnesses that are going on. Do you feel players stepped up tonight? One hundred percent, a lot of them. Every single player on the pitch was doing his job, was uh, making a contribution for the game plan, as you say before. And then after you could see, the, the, everybody was delighted, the fans and every single player. Because when you have players that they are not playing and they are training well as a professionals, the rest of the teammates are happy for them too. Do you feel they show great character as well, yeah. going behind, coming back? Yeah, great character. We have so character in a lot of games. And then this year we are coming back, that is always good and bad, no? But we're coming back in a lot of games and then the team, I think, the way that they, they work, so what I say, we deserve something because uh, we have had too many issues, too many bad luck with injuries, with the kind of injuries and the problems that we have had. And then the reaction of the team was fantastic. Can I just get your thoughts on the fact that your game is actually off at the weekend now? So you've sort of got a bit of a break. Where do you stand on sort of where we're at with the Premier League and games and what's happening? But we can see that the virus is growing up everywhere, so then we have to be really careful. If the Premier League decide to cancel games, I think that there could be an opportunity to be sure that we stop the players, we control them, we test them, and again, because we are doing all the time, and then we start uh, without issues. Today we have uh, little issues, and other teams they have uh, big issues, so I think we have to be sure that we are an example also for the rest of the society. Lovely. Rafa, thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Everton found themselves down 1-0, but not for long. The 19-year-old Jared Branthwaite with his first Premier League goal. It was announced he signed a new deal to stay at Everton for at least three and a half years over the weekend. We'll hear from Cesar Espilicueta, but first, here's the 19-year-old. Well, Jared, your first Premier League start this season and your first Premier League goal. Is that one you're always going to remember? Yeah, um, can't put into words, really. I'm buzzing. Uh, Playing for this club, like I said, in my when I signed the contract the other day, it means the world. Um, and for them fans there today, travelled on a, a Thursday night to watch us, and uh, we put on a performance for them, so I'm buzzing, yeah. How much did you enjoy that game of football? Yeah, obviously, my first Premier League start in a while, um, and I just wanted to enjoy it, really, and obviously, getting the result we did, coming away to a top team like they are, um, yeah, just over the moon, and uh, happy for the fans as well. Well, talk us through that goal. What was going through your mind when you saw the ball coming over the top? Yeah, well, we worked on it in training yesterday and I got a few chances around the back. Um, and I said to Anthony before the game, just keep delivering them balls in and then 
when it was coming to me, I was like, right, I better score here. And then when it burned the back of the net, it was over the moon. Is that a feeling like you've never had before? Yeah, unbelievable, yeah. Look, your other senior goal came for Carlisle against Morecambe, Football League Trophy, November 2019. Do you ever, or will tonight, make you reflect on how far you've come? Yeah, massively. I mean, like I said uh, before, when I signed the contract the other day, I was speaking to uh, my family, my agent after, and they said, just remember how far you've came from, in the space of two years, I was playing League Two with Carlisle. Uh, the club I've been at since I was eight, and now I'm playing in the Premier League today. It was just... I'm just buzzing, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable week for you, signing that new contract, as you've said. Happy to commit your future to Everton? Yeah, buzzing. I mean, like I said, it's, as you can see what it means to them fans, it means to us as well to get that uh, result today. Um, just superb, yeah. Yeah, for mentality, what will that game have done for the squad? Yeah, it's massive. I mean, we showed a winning, well, not winning, but, you know, a grit performance mentality. Um, every player on the pitch gave 110%, and that's what we need every game, really, to get us where we want to be. Well, massive congratulations. Enjoy this one. Thank, Thank you. you. Cheers. As you see, those matches postponed this week. One more already postponed for Saturday. The question has led many around the league to ask, what do, the, what do they do now? Two managers with their thoughts, Sean Deitch and Thomas Frank. These comments made before the recent postponements from the Premier League. We think that we should postpone the full round of Premier League games this weekend coming up. The, the COVID cases are going through the roof in all the Premier League clubs. Everyone are dealing with it. Everyone have a, have a problem this moment in time. Um, to postpone this round and also the Cowbao Cup round will give everyone a week at least uh, to all these, I, I don't know exact the number, four or five days to, to clean and, and, and do everything in the training ground so everything is fine. Uh, so you break the chain um, in every club. Um, also because in football you need to have a close contact. You know, physios need to do their job with players in treatment. Uh, uh, we are in a dressing room on a match day. We, we are travelling by coaches, We all that. So it's a little bit more difficult to work from home. Um, we respect fully that we want to play. We want to play. We want to carry on. I think it's important that the football is 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 keep going. Uh, but this this way, we can have the Boxing Day going. No problems. 100% uh, sure of that. Uh, so in that aspect, uh, we think that will be very sensible to do that. Um, I think that. Um, Thomas's opinion is valid in some ways, but then does that not occur next week? Then is there a golden rule that if we call this week off, that next week we'll all be clear? So there isn't any golden rule to it. That's one thing I do understand about what's going on. I think it's unlikely that that would solve it because next week there might be another outbreak of cases across football and uh, across the sport, whether it's staff, whether it's players. You know, how do you prevent that? We can't. The players have still got players and staff still got to live their lives. You know, the the rules out in the the the, the bigger picture of the world or this country are considerably different to the rules in football. So they've still got to go out and live their lives. Um, you can't shut their lives down totally either. They're human beings. So once again, this is what we know right now about the fixtures coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. The four matches postponed on Saturday. Told you about Manchester United and Brighton just coming down the line. Southampton, Brentford, Watford, Crystal Palace, West Ham and Norwich. That is all on Saturday. Sunday, one postponed as of right now. That first game, Everton versus Leicester. With all that, we welcome you in studio. Ahmed Farid here with Danny Higginbotham and Tim Howard. Now, a couple notes here. The Premier League has said, and this did come before the recent postponements, that they do intend to continue playing matches where safe mm -hmm. and where possible. They have reverted to emergency protocols that they saw before previously in the league with indoor masking and social distancing here. New protocols for fans, proof of vaccination, proof of a negative COVID test if you do not have a vaccination. So the league trying to step up the mm -hmm. protocols here. But you heard the difference of opinion there from Frank and Deitch. What do you make of that, Tim? Well, it must be said that the Premier League is handling this magnificently in the face of what is really an impossible situation. I mean, they've reverted back to emergency measures. They're looking at each request on a case-by-case on a, on a -case basis. So if, you know, our trust is that if they call a game off, it's for the right reasons. And if they allow a game to go on, it's for, for the right mm -hmm. safety reasons as well. Look, <clears throat> what Thomas Frank is saying, I get. I understand. If, if we can... You know, not play this week, and that gives time to, to clean the, the training grounds, and it, it allows 
to try and suppress the curve, maybe break the chain, as he said. Um, but I also do agree with Sean Deitch. That's not going to solve the problem. What, you know, one weekend of, of postponed fixtures. So I, in, in, in a way, as much as I agree with Deitch, I also look at it and think he, he said something there that the players need to live their lives. I kind of think they've, they've probably gone a little too far. You know, they're, they're human beings, mm-hmm. right? And so when we talk about Project Restart at the beginning of last season, everything was really tight. We had this bubble scenario in a way, and, and players were isolated, and they were doing all the right things. Now things have gotten a little bit more loose. They have lived their life a little bit, and maybe that's a little bit to the detriment. So I, I think we'll probably have to rein it back in. I like the emergency measures that the Premier League has put back in place, and I hope that, again, suppresses the curve a little bit. Danny, what do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one listening to both managers. Obviously, they have their different views. I, I tend to agree more with, with Sean Dyche. You know, from, from Thomas Frank's perspective, talking about cancelling the, all the weekend's games, my worry is that if we postpone this weekend, then you look at it and go, there's, there's no guarantee when it's going to come back. If, if you do what Thomas Frank suggests, you call all the games off this weekend and then... As he says, you know, you're able to play them the Boxing Day fixtures. You're wanting to sanitise the training grounds. During that week, what are the players going to do? They're not going to be in at the training ground. So they're not going to turn up on the 25th of December or the 26th of December and be in a point, right, OK, we're, we're, we're ready to play. So it's, it's a really difficult one from that perspective. I do see his point of view, but I just feel that the concern is if you do stop everything now, there isn't a guarantee when everything's going to come back, you know, and that's that's the difficult thing. So, you know, from Sean Dyche's perspective, if you can play, as Tim said about the Premier League being very stringent of the way that they do things, if you can play, you know, then hopefully they can carry on. What would you be thinking if, Danny, you were a player right now in the Premier League and how difficult it is to stop, start, play behind closed doors as they yeah, did for it, a year and a half? It, what, what would be your perspective? It's a really difficult one. I go back to Project Restart when I was still living in England and, and I was doing commentary of the games and that was hard enough as it was. You know, you'd have the, you'd have the fake noise in, in, your, in your ears. And I spoke to a few players about it and they looked at it. It was a means to an end. It was a means to an end for them as in terms of get to the end of the season and then we can move forward. But then the next season had the same effect as well, where they, they had fans or on certain occasions had very few fans. So it's difficult for the players. And the only, the only comparison that I can have is when I had games called off on the day through extreme weather. And it's really difficult because we are creatures of, of habitat and, uh, sorry, of, of habit. And, you know, they want to remain that way. So it's difficult. Tim, how would you feel? Well, I think as a senior player, I, I would try and be the voice of reason. And, and, and even in, with myself, I'd say, look, we, we didn't love being isolated. Mm-hmm. We didn't love being on our own and away from our families. But we also didn't love not playing football. We also didn't love playing in empty stadiums. You know, I, I think for me, it would probably say, look, I, as a foreign player, get my family back home, be in the house by myself. I'd encourage other players to do that and, and go back to, to how it was a little bit in terms of isolating social distancing because the most important is our health and safety and also wanting to do our jobs in, in the right way. And so, yes, it's a sacrifice and no one wants to be isolated but that may be what it takes to get this thing under control. And it is. It's a world problem. It's not yes. just a football problem. So that makes it even more difficult. And we see the players, what they're having to do and what they have done, what they've sacrificed. But like I say, it's a world pandemic. It's not just football. Rob, is that who I think it is? Soccer clothes. What are you doing here? I'm here to tell everybody about the festive fixtures. Christmas is coming early this year. We've got 14 magical matches, Mr. Musco, in over 17 days. Oh, a beauty! But oh my goodness! An extraordinary turnaround! Oh, we've done it! Yet another classic. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. Fantastic. It's time to get festive. Premier League festive fixtures, December 18th through January 3rd. Well, you heard it there. Soccer Claws promised 40. We're down a few since then. You see the postponements already coming up here Saturday and Sunday. Four on Saturday, one on Sunday, Everton, Leicester City. Uh, But plenty of matches still happening, including the big one on Sunday to finish things off. And that is Tottenham versus Liverpool. For Tottenham, guys, this is going to be the first time that they're in action since December 5th. Yeah. And so what are you looking for from them after that long layoff? The start. 
mm. see how they start the game because obviously ordinarily if you'd had that two-week break you'd, you'd look at content and think oh, I'd be able to do a bit of work with the players on the training ground but we know that's not been been the case so I think it's going to be the start how they go about things because we know Liverpool the way that they play mm. they're 100 miles an hour and if Tottenham don't start well, it could be over before it's begun. Are we sleeping on them a little bit here? Because they're seventh in the table right now, but three games in hand on the teams in the top five. Yeah, well, very much so. I mean, I look at them and think they're in this little mini race for fourth place, which is going to be, which is going to really heat up in the second half of the season. I like the fact that they have three games in hand mm-hmm. and they still sit seventh. This will be a difficult game for all the reasons that Danny said, because we all know how hard it is to come off that a long layoff like that and start fast. It's nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Klopp also knows that. So it, nothing will change from that point of view, but he'll remind his players, get on top of them early, press high, have a lot of energy, make sure that you're turning them over, you're playing quickly. It, it'll be difficult for them. It'll be difficult. They'll have to weather that storm early on because what they don't want to do, having not played for so long, is to go behind early and have to chase the game. Is that how you see it? Yeah, definitely. I think Liverpool, you know, that's what Jurgen Klopp will be saying. He'll be, he'll be playing, he'll be looking at the situation. When was the last time Tottenham played? How are they going to be? Are they going to be a little bit rusty? I'm interested to see Harry Kane as well. One, mm. one assist and one goal this season. I think he has a huge part to play because if, if Tottenham are going to try and play in Liverpool's half, then he's going to have to up his performances in terms of holding onto the ball with runners going beyond him. Um, but honestly, I, I can only see one winner in this. Yes, they've had some good results, Tottenham, but I think they're miles and miles and miles off Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, ahead, no, I just think when, when you mention Kane and, and him not scoring, I do actually think this is a game that suits him. Maybe not on the scoring side, but we mm. know he likes to drop deep. Yeah. When you play against Liverpool, you have to have brave footballers. So he likes to come into the middle of the park and take the ball. I would trust him against any team because he's strong, he's good in a turn. So this might actually be a game for him, not necessarily to get back on the score sheet, but to help dictate tempo. How close is Liverpool to what we saw a couple of years ago, their form? They're getting so there. close. Mm-hmm. So They're getting close. there. Didn't know that brilliant. we would see that after what we saw from them last year. Of course, they did have injuries uh, last year, but they are rolling high right now. We'll see if they can keep it going against Tottenham coming up this weekend. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings, weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN and Peacock Premium. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.